You're listening to Brunch with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Friday morning. Now, let's turn to the next part of today's program. Now, Christmas may be the most wonderful time of the year for some people, but it can be a time of anxiety with disruptions in routines and anticipation of family gatherings and also just the pressure to socialize and even social media can also trigger anxiety. So in the next 15 minutes or so, we're talking about managing holiday stress and expectations with Maylee Gibson, who's an educator and also a teen and parents coach. Welcome to the show, May Lee. It's great to have you back on the program. Thank you for the opportunity to return. It's great to see you again as well. Yes, and also for our listeners as well. I'm waving at the camera because we've got a new setup and I'd love for our listeners to join us on Facebook this morning, Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3. You'll be able to see and hear Maylee there and also me and also the studio and and it's a slight mess, but I'll just manage your expectations a little bit. Um, Expect to see a little bit of mess, but that's okay. So, you know, the Christmas holiday should really be a relaxing time for for family and 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 for for kids it's a time of school why do some teenagers why do some people find it so stressful oh there's a lot of reasons that that people find it stressful and um for teenagers in particular i mean the most obvious one is the change in routine and schedule so they've got no school and they've got a lot more freedom which which might mean more time on social media and electronic devices which can trigger unrealistic expectations um, and also comparison with their peers. It also means that they're going to sleep later often. They're playing video games. Um, They might be going through a difficult time if they've lost a family member around that time or if they're a child of divorce. Um, They are expending extended time with family, which again, they're not used to. And the pressure around that, the questions of, you know, what are your future goals, romantic relationships, how is school going, can make them very anxious and uncomfortable as well. So there's a range of things that can contribute to that. So how can parents sort of manage the stress and perhaps, I shouldn't really use the word moody teenagers, it it comes to mind, but anybody can be moody. And it really comes down, perhaps it's, it's the hormones really, but how can family and how can parents sort of tiptoe around and and just be more mindful about that yeah yeah um parents can give first of all give your teenager space when they ask for it so when they're showing signs of you know wanting to be alone or they say get out of my room they usually mean that and so to to listen to them and to give them what they would like also know that you can return to that conversation at any point um also another thing they can do is manage expectations by talking about things before they happen. So talking about triggers and stresses, you know, if there's an extended family member that they know riles them up, you know, brainstorm. Like a family gathering. Exactly, yeah. exactly. You know, brainstorm ways to deal with that. Um, how can we how can we make that less stressful for you? You know, how can I support you with that? So really open communication. Um, also listening, just listening to them. You know, what are you looking forward to? You? What are you worried about? Um, things like this. Yeah, it's not easy being a teenager. I'm just trying to think of family gatherings where teenagers are expected to socialize a little bit during an adult conversation. They can't really retreat back to their own room because that might be seen as rude. But then we should also give them the space and respect them that they can come out and say hello. And it's also perfectly fine that they go back to their own space and do their own thing. Absolutely. It's it's such a fine line. How can parents sort of encourage them to socialize, but also 
if they want to give them their space. I think just saying to them, you know, you could have, you're allowed to have a break. I mean, mm. as adults as well, we want to have a break sometimes. So you can go come up with... the kitchen exactly. and just pretending I'm cooking or something. You need a moment, go into the cupboard. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you can come up with a phrase or you can come up with a code language to say like, you know, I need a break um, so that you're not just disappearing and then... You know, if a teen is disappearing, a parent is wondering, where did they go? I wanted them to talk, you know, their auntie's looking for them or, their, or whoever. Their grandparents. Or their grandparent is yeah. looking for them. But they can also say, you know, I'm just going to take five minutes, you know, and, and, and go and come back. And that usually works really well. So, Matt, again, having a conversation about that before it happens um, is helpful rather than it happening at the time when emotions are, are running high. And how can we sort of change that mindset for parents? Because some parents might think, you know, you, you rarely see your aunts and uncles, you rarely see your uh, grandma, um, now is really the time. How can they be more empathetic to understand that, you know, it's okay for teenagers to, to, to go off for a while? Because some parents are quite pushy. Yeah, some people. <laughs> yeah, some, some people, people are yeah, quite pushy. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I think it, it's really, empathy is about putting yourself in someone else's shoes. So thinking, you know, what is a, a situation that I've been in that is similar to what my teen might be going through? Yeah. You know, because we've all been in situations where we think, I just need to get out for a few I minutes. I need a break. Yeah. So we can all relate to that. And if you can remember a time that you went through that, it's easier to relate to your teen. But also listen, just listen to them and listen to the words they're using. Ask them about the reasons around why they need a break. You know, what is it that causes them to reach that level of, I need to get out? And then maybe you can also support that before it happens. Yeah. And also, how can we have that conversation with teenagers or even young adults? You know, I'm going to need you to be on your you know, best behavior for the next uh, couple of hours. It's, it's really difficult. Can we ask that of teenagers? You can ask. It doesn't yeah. mean you're going to get it. <laughs> but I think definitely honesty. Honesty is yeah. always transparency. Communication. It, you know, open communication, saying, look, you know, what I would like is X, Y, and Z. Is that something that you think that you can do? Yeah. You know, really, it's not about telling them what to do. It's really asking them because at the end of the day, your family, you do want to do things for each other. But we, I think that most people respond better to being asked rather than told. So I know me, myself, my family know this too, that I don't like being told what to do. But if you come and ask me, there's a higher chance that I will be open <laughs> to doing what you're asking me. Yeah, and be more um, yeah, compliant of, Absolutely. of that. So what sorts of tips can you share with, with our listeners? It is a stressful time, but it doesn't have to be. That's yes. the thing. It doesn't yes. have to be. And it, part of it, as you mentioned, Meili, that it's about managing the expectations for the teenagers, what's to come. Yeah. What sorts of tips do you have for, for handling this period? Well, I've said, you know, I've talked about open communication and active listening, um, managing expectations too. So you can talk about uh, wish lists and gifts. So uh, teens might might want, you know, X, you know, X, Y, and Z. They might want huge, extravagant presents and to talk to them and say, look, this is not going to happen. However, this is going to happen instead. So really having open discussions around that. Um, also practicing gratitude with them. You know, what are you looking forward to? What are the things that you're most excited about? So really putting a positive spin on it, um, not interrupting them and making judgments when they're talking. So you don't need to agree with what they're saying, but just hear them out. Um, if you want to be empathetic about how they're feeling to express that verbally, so I can see that you're upset or I f it sounds like you're frustrated and then let them tell you about it because often they just want to be heard, heard. and they want to know that you understand the way they feel 
not by putting words in their mouth, but listening to what they're actually saying and relating to that. So those are a few things, but I think practicing gratitude is the most important laughter as well, because things often don't go to plan. Um, so managing your own expectations that Christmas, family time, hol any holiday time, we have this idealistic notion in our heads, it's going to be amazing and perfect and it's often not, and that's okay. And learning to laugh in the moment because laughter diffuses tension. It's very hard to be angry when you're smiling. Yeah. I want to pick up on a point you mentioned earlier, Meili, and that is social media. Um, teenage, a lot of teenagers are on social media. How might that sort of be triggering during this uh, festive season? Social media, I mean, it's triggering for, I think, many people, not just teenagers, but yes. especially for teenagers, they're very um, impressionable. So seeing how other people celebrate holidays, they might want to celebrate that way. They might be envious. They might be comparing. Um, they might demand to do the same things. So, again, just setting limits around that, the same as you would during during normal term time, school time, um, trying to keep to like a regular, as regular schedule as possible, not being militant about it, but getting enough sleep, eating, eating healthily, eating well. right, eat balanced diet, um, exercising, moving, making sure they move every day. So these are things you can do that also can distract away from social media and devices too. Yeah, you mentioned just now militant. Now, some people are preparing for their mock exams. Some people are preparing yes. for their uh, exams, depending on which uh, system of, of schooling you are in Hong Kong. How can parents be less militant about that and really just give the ownership to, to, to students to take control of their schedules? It's, it's a very challenging thing for a lot of parents to do. And also as a teacher, it's challenging for me as well to not constantly be at them. So I, I can relate in, in some way, but it really is about letting go and giving them independence and autonomy because at the end of the day, the whole, the whole goal of raising a child is to is to help them to become independent in the world on their own. Mm -hmm. And so they have to learn this through small lessons, small failures, and then the growth that comes after that. So really, it's about managing yourself more than anything else, um, taking a step back. Again, you can voice your your um, in what you would like, your desires, but to force them onto someone usually does the opposite. Yeah. The effect is the opposite. You mentioned a great point. It's about taking the step back, but for some parents, perhaps they are high achievers themselves, so they perhaps want their children to be of the same level. But it really comes down to sort of not projecting um, who you are on the children. Yes, yes. And also asking them, you know, how can I support you better? How, what is the best way that you learn? How can I help you with that? You know, what would help you the most? Yeah. As an educator, after the holidays, do you often hear that, you know, what sorts of reactions or feedbacks do you get from students? Do they normally say, yeah, we had a great holiday or it was, or, yeah, what do they come back? Do it's, they feel energized? It's a mix know. of things. They're very excited to be back at school because they're around their friends all day, every day. That's great um, news, actually. They want to be back They want to be back at school, yeah. most of them. Um, some of them, they get bored over the holidays because they're not having as much, getting as much exposure to their friends or yeah. talking to their friends as much. Some of them love the holidays holidays because they just sleep a lot of them say I just slept and I never believe I you know they kind of slept the whole time <laughs> because they get so tired maybe from from work and from you know doing their coursework or something that that their, their growing brains need the rest I don't, I don't know but teenagers sleep a lot too. they do sleep a lot yeah, yeah and they like to sleep in they well. do like to sleep in. they also like to sit, sit online with their friends and yeah. just like hang out online yeah. so 
they they enjoy the holidays, but they also enjoy coming back to school, which mm. is which is nice and encouraging for me as a teacher. Absolutely. So remind uh, remind our listeners once again, how can we find out more about you and your work, Maylee? Have you are you on social media? I am on social media. I'm on Facebook and I'm also on Instagram. My handle is underscore mg underscore co- coaching on Instagram. Excellent. Well, Meili, it's so lovely to, to have you back on the program. I wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas, and I look forward to the next time of having you back. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Thank you. You too.